ground control Nine. to Major Tom. Eight. Good morning Seven. and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. And we're going to the moon today. Brian has uh, told me it's the 50th anniversary of the landing on the moon, getting close. A lot of people will be landing on the moon after the stampede. They've had a great uh, 10 days. And the weather actually turned out pretty good for these 10 days. So attendance should be good. Hopefully uh, everyone had a good time. Lots of stuff going on still today. Going to the finals of the rodeo today. So looking forward to that. And uh, definitely some gardening going out there today too. Um, but one thing I'm going to mention it a couple times today. If you are buying new trees and shrubs from any of the garden centers, um, please ensure that you are watering them. I'm seeing an excessive amount getting returned and the people come back and they go, it just died. It just died, just like that. The trees will not just die like that. The only reason they die or crumple up like the leaves all shrivel up is if you do not water them. So <laughs> I'm speaking for all garden centers here, I'm assuming. Um, so please ensure that you take the time if you're going to buy the plant don't go on holidays for two weeks. Um, don't go away. Just If you're going to plant trees and shrubs, make sure you're around to water them um, two or three times a week, especially in this heat. It doesn't take long. Put it, put the hose on it, slow trickle for three or four hours. Um, put bark mulch around it, saturate that soil. Um, like I said, two or three times a week, especially in this heat, and they will get rooted in and you'll be fine. It's just when you plant a, we had one in yesterday, great big elm tree, 15 gallon, just crispy fried and 100% just not being watered enough. So please ensure you're spending that hard earned money and uh, make sure you, you give those trees and shrubs that water, put them in a spot, um, plant them properly, nice tree well around them and then put the hose on them, slow trickle down into the root, not just a little bit on top. Uh, really good. So we've done up an information sheet again at Spruce. We're going to hand them out with every tree that they're going to be purchasing. We just really want to ensure that everyone has good success with watering and uh, buying their trees and shrubs because obviously you have to dig the hole. It's a lot of work or you're paying someone to do it. Either way, you just want to make sure. And a lot of times the irrigation system is not enough. It's watering the first inch or two of your of your trees and shrubs. Um, you need to water those trees and shrubs individually for the first while. And just around the root ball, water them in, soak them in really well, and you'll have great success. Ah, here I got a text already. If you'd like to join me, phone lines are filling up a little bit. We got still have a few spots. And you can always text. Love to see pictures, too. Wouldn't mind seeing what's blooming in your garden today. If you guys could send me some pictures. And the phone number and text number is 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, be more than happy to have a look. And and I got Laura from Bonass. How would I like to? I would like to know how to get rid of mushrooms in my front yard. A lot of that it's a it's a spore. So when if you do get the mushrooms, the best thing to do is get out and pick them. And then actually just a good, consistent, give it a really good thorough watering. That will definitely help out a lot. And uh, 
And the main thing is just picking them when they come up and and just let it dry out. Just after this wet season uh, that we just had, the rain has, it, what it does, it almost activates the spores of the mushrooms and things like that. Any of the blights, unfortunately, fire blight in your trees and shrubs. When you hit um, that bit of rain, this is when it activates. It's almost... It's almost like the rain has it in it, but it doesn't. It's just a, it's a fungus just sitting there waiting to almost explode. And and that's what happens with the mushrooms. The best thing to do is just get out there and just pick them. Because the more if you run them over with your lawnmower, you're going to be spreading them around. So same with any of that blights. If you're seeing your tree all of a sudden get a little curly black cane on the ends of it, that's a fire blight, any of the... Uh, black knot. It all needs to be cut out and treated appropriately, and uh, and getting rid of that way. And one more quick question here: I got. Can you rejuvenate a hardy shrub rose? It's about two feet tall and shabby. Absolutely. Um, it would have been better to do it a little bit earlier, but I just did some. I had some blue fox willow in the backyard that just looked. I started pruning out the dead stuff, and I said, "Well, there's almost more dead than alive." So I just cut them right down to the ground, and I've already got about six, eight inches coming up from the bottom, covering up the stubs already. So you could definitely prune out all the dead stuff, take it down to about eight, ten inches on that rose, and uh, you should see a bunch of uh, good growth. But I'd really hydrate it well, give it a good deep watering. And I would fertilize either with a 20-20-20 right now or a 15-30-15. Um, give it a couple shots in the next couple weeks, but then stop feeding it after the into August. You want to stop feeding all your trees and shrubs. So anyways, lots of texts already, which is great. And this says, does that include the great big ones? Absolutely. Yeah, you want to pull those off, um, dispose of them. I know people ask, can I eat them? I'd really, really check on which ones you can eat. Otherwise, you might have a, a mellow mushroom afternoon. <laughs> I'm not too sure which ones are poisonous, or it might be some magic mushrooms. Who knows? You never know. But anyway, so so don't eat them. Be very careful unless you absolutely know uh, what's going on and what kind they are and all that other fun stuff. All right. I'm going to go to the phone lines, and we're going to talk with Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How are you? I'm doing very good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm all right. Did you get out stampeding at all? No, I I gave that up. Did you? Yep. Uh, I've, I went actually twice already. I'm going again today for the rodeo. So oh, see, you're doing it for me. There you go. I'll there make up go. for you. Yep. No, I've been <laughs> going for 50 years and buying their tickets. And yeah. yeah. Nope, nothing. I hear you. Just spend money in crowds. <laughs> no, thanks. I'll sit in my back deck and enjoy it. Nice. Well, how can I help you today? My garden. Mm-hmm. Help. Mm. The last couple of years, it is not really growing. Yeah. I.e. carrots, beets, onions, and potatoes. Have you done anything to the garden, like no. rejuvenating the soil? or No. Okay. We put uh, sheep manure, I think it was, last year. But yeah. The manures that was are, even worse. Yeah, the manures are okay, and you just got to be careful on, on how old it is or yeah. and if it's... Because um, sometimes there's not the great nutrients. What I really found works really well is um, a good garden loam mixing in like a like a sea soil. Oh, but yeah. also the groundskeeper's pride, the 845. I used it in our global gardens at Global TV on every Wednesday. I'm doing a gardening segment. And I mixed the groundskeeper's pride into the soil. Oh, yeah. And it's unbelievable. Like, honestly... Our stuff looks like you can, you can take a picture of it every time. It's picture perfect. Um, lots of good fertilizer for the roots. 
and and it's and it's not getting watered a ton. I don't want to I don't want to slag my TV cohorts there, but they're not always the most reliable watering and stuff. But it is doing very well, and we use really good soil. We use the the spruce it up soil there, but it's 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 looking fabulous. But I, a lot of it I'm gonna give tribute to is the soil and the and that fertilizer because it's um it's really it's a good well balanced fertilizer eight four five a little bit of nitrogen good for the roots okay. and all that other stuff. So it, it, it's I would really look at feeding your feeding your soil. Uh, okay, I kind of wondered because yeah. I thought no, I used to get a nice garden. Yeah, and there's just nothing left, right? And nope. and when it gets dry, um, there's this you, you need to feed your soil, and then your soil will feed the plants, which in turn will feed you. So, so eight, four, five, is it granular? Yeah, it's a granule. Just mix it into the soil. It's awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, it works really well. We also got a new product. It's a hemp. Um, it's called Hemp Sense. Oh yeah. Um, you mix that in. Weed. Yeah. Well, it's actually the hemp, but it's okay. not the cannabis. Okay. But what it does. It holds moisture in really well, but it has a really good. Um, it has some nitrogen in it as well. Oh, yeah. But it take it breaks down about three to four times slower than peat moss. And the reason I love it, it's a Canadian product. Okay. And it's one hundred percent renewable, and it's creating lots of jobs. And the farmers are finding a new crop. Yeah. And it's very sustainable. It's rather than ripping up the peat bogs and stuff like that. I love this stuff. I got, okay. I, it's it's really really good. I used it in my lawn to, as a grass patch. I put yeah. it over the dead parts of the lawn where the dog was, and I just put a little bit of grass seed. Within eight to ten days, it was almost filled right in. So, really, and I really had to didn't water it much, like because it holds so much water. So it, it's really quite good, and it's great for if you're transplanting trees and things like that. You mix the hemp in with it. Yeah, it works phenomenal. You just buy it at the garden center. Yeah, at the garden center, we have it in bags it's called Hemp Sense. It's it's awesome. Oh, all right. Okay, one more question. Sure. My Hanson Rigosa. Yep. It uh, is white rose, mm-hmm. and the leaves are yellow, but it's still growing and still blooming. What's it lacking? The the leaves are white. Yellow. Yeah, so they're really chlorotic sort of looking. You can see the veins in them, or well, it's. Parts of it is just the leaves are really yellow. Yeah, I, it needs to get fertilized again. I think you're just lacking some food in there. Um, I would give it, you can even use like a micronized iron to help get the green back up. Oh, okay. But also, I would just use a, like a 15, 30, 15, give it a good, well-balanced fertilizer, build up the phosphates for next spring yeah. so you can build up lots of blooms for next year. Yeah, because it's been there for years, but just that one, my other ones are fine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Thank Alrighty. you. Have yeah. a good day. Have yeah. fun stampeding for us. Thank you. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Yahoo. All right. And good time for one more. I'm going to go to Marguerite. Good morning, Marguerite. Good morning, Merle. How are you doing? I'm doing great, actually. Good day today. I'm having a, a Americano on the radio talking about lots of gardening. So what else could be better? It's good. That couldn't be better. Absolutely. Got a question. I got two questions. Okay. One about peonies. I have when my mom died, I dug up some of her peonies. They're big, big bald, very deep red, and they're lovely. And I'd like to split some for my daughter. And I'm wondering how can I do that? Um, peonies don't like that a whole lot. Um, don't they? No, they don't like. It. So what it needs to happen is in the fall when they start going dormant, or early, early, early spring. 
Okay. Just mark where they are, like sort of this fall. Maybe just mark that spot, like the center of it, with a flag or some sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then early next spring, you can you can dig it up and and split it at that time. I prefer the spring because depending on how dry our winters are, and if we if you dig it up, um, if we don't get a really um, a good freeze in, good moisture, there's chance that you could lose it. And really, you mm-hmm. got to keep it at the exact same depth. Um, so kind of mark, like when you dig it up, try and leave a little bit of the soil level on it, right. like dig in a good clump and then cut it and then, and really leave it at the same level as when you, when you're planting, cause it doesn't like to change the, the height. And that's one of the biggest right. things with those. Okay. Okay. That's great. Thank you. And then so transplant really with either Mike's or 105210 at the time when you do it. Mike's yeah, it's a mycorrhiza that you rub on the roots. It's oh. it's really good for for bulbs and perennials and trees and shrubs and all that as well. Ten fifty two ten. Okay, thank you. And the other question is that I have this big pot of basil. Yep. And the lower leaves are starting to turn yellow, so I'm wondering what just, I should give just, it. Just pick those off, and then you really just it's just more consistent. Water. It likes a good airflow too. So, uh-huh. I, and I've seen those in the garden center right now, the big pots. Um, you just really want to make sure it's getting good airflow, enough light, and just consistent mm-hmm. watering. But don't be afraid to pull those dead things out, those yellow mm-hmm. leaves, and and then use the use the basil because it likes being used as well. If it doesn't get used, it gets kind of clogged up there, and it'll it'll start shutting down on you. Okay, that sounds good. All right, thank you so much. Enjoy yeah, it, your stampede. Thank you. And when you water, just nice, let it flow right through through the pot. Stick it in the sink or outside, and just water all the way through. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, Thanks. Marguerite. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. We're still walking on the moon here on Let's Talk Gardening. And uh, I think Brian's a fan of the moon landing, just saying. Just... Uh, just a hunch. <laughs> and I did, Josh, I did get your CD, um, your DVD or CD of uh, some songs for the show. I'm going to pass it on. I forgot it in my desk. So I do apologize. But uh, Brian already had the moon landing set for us. So that's where we are today. So I'm not sure if we'll see our shadow or not. But uh, all right. And I'll get that liner on the next one. But right now we're going to go to where are we at? Keith. Let's go to Keith. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good, good. How can I help you? Okay, so I built a little wall around a couple of my trees. I'm about to bark mulch it. Yep. And I'm just concerned about how much bark mulch I can put in there. I want to put like six to eight inches. Yep. But I'm concerned about that much bark mulch around the base of the tree. Yeah, that's a little bit thick at first. I would go three to four inches, and it compresses fairly quickly. So water it in really good after that. And it, it'll start decomposing. And do not put fabric down before. Um, Don't? No. Not with mulch. If you're using the shredded mulch, if you're using nuggets, yes. Yeah. But if you're using just regular bulk mulch, the bark mulch, the shredded stuff, it, yeah. it weaves itself together and creates a better barrier. You'll get that fod weed come up through. You can either just pull it out or just give it a quick little shot of Roundup, just spot spray. Okay. Unless there's lots of weeds there already. But no, I, I very rarely put fabric underneath 
mulch. Because a lot of times then when it gets windy, the mulch has nothing to stick to and it ends up blowing off. So um, it really, it'll create its own weed bar- or its own, and it sticks to the soil better and it creates its own barrier. And then you just top it up every couple of years. Okay, excellent. So uh, three to four inches and yeah. water really well. Okay. Okay, and then after that, can I put more on after this? If, if you let it go down, let it let it decompose a bit. Let the first layer. You just don't want to suffocate your trees and shrubs. That's all. Right. Okay. I also have a weeping carragana mm-hmm. that is growing unbelievably well, Good. and it's about to creep along the ground. When is the best time to cut off the ends of the? Of the branches. I, anytime. Carrigannas are pretty resilient on that, and it's better to do it before it gets too thick, if you know what I mean. Like, you want to keep yep. it, like, so it's thinner, the better. It'll heal up nice, and you can just trim it up. You can just sort of create that nice straight edge, if you like, or yes. absolutely, anytime. So anytime. Okay. Yep. Thank you very much. You're good. Thank you okay, so much. I'm good. Thanks. Thanks, Bye. Keith. Bye-bye. All right. Right now, I'm going to do a couple of texts. I got a whack of texts. I got a few pictures of some upright junipers. It says, here's some pictures of my well-watered moon goat. Your staff told me to cut out all the brown. And, and that's really all you can do is sometimes on the bottom, and especially when those moon glows are up against the building, it's a microclimate, and sometimes they don't get quite enough water over the wintertime especially because it's under the eaves there. And, and so I would just, just clean out the bottom, just stick your hand in there with a the glove, remove a lot of that. Put a soaker hose on those moon glow junipers and feed it right now with 30-10-10. It'll make all the difference. It'll really, really give them a good boost. I've seen a bit of that this year, again, with our dry, dry winters, October, November, December. And and when junipers are up against the house, they're underneath the eaves. A lot of times they don't get that winter snow. So, again, over the wintertime, if you have coniferous or any plants up against the foundation, shovel the snow up around them as well. That'll make a big difference as well. And says, good morning, Merle. Just wanted to tell you, I called in last week about the fuchsia. Your advice to move into a bigger container. Totally work. It's thriving and gorgeous now. Covered in blooms. Awesome. And here I go. And I'm getting this. Uh, it looks like a Morden Blush Rose, I believe. Roses are not fully opening and turning brown. What's up? God, it looks healthy. Tons of blooms on it. Um, it could just be going through that wet period, water getting into those buds. I would just cut some of those bigger ones off, the ones that are turning brown already, because then let the energy go into the good ones. And just, again, just more consistent watering and hopefully less water on the foliage will help get those going. We should get some suns going off. There's more blooms going off with more sun that we're going to be getting. But that is a gorgeous rose, and and that's really all it is, just a little bit of the inconsistent watering and then lots of water on the leaves, I would think, is the biggest problem there. And one more from Ron. Should I cut off mature blossoms on my peony? Absolutely. Yeah, when they're done, actually bring them into the house too. If you have some bigger ones, they they make great cut flowers. So don't be afraid to do that. It always looks awesome. And actually, I'm just going to finish off this half hour with text. And when I get back, we'll chat with Mary. And then we got Lorraine, Jean, and Drew. Ah, third third year for my willies. Lilies, willies. <laughs> Dwight. Look at those things. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Sent in a whole bunch of Asiatic lilies. And then I got Japanese tree lock. Who is the culprit? I've tried trounce both last year. Unfortunately, Japanese lilacs, oh, there's certain bugs that just love them. You mainly want to look like you got some leaf roller and some caterpillars. What I would use instead of 
um, this this trounce and that is B- BTK, but you really got to try and see the culprits. Most of the products nowadays are all contact. They're not systemic. So you got to really just keep an eye on it earlier in the year when the foliage is really nice and soft and green because that's when they come after them. And then you see the end results when the leaves get more mature like that. And she's just showing some pictures of some Japanese tree like where the leaves have been chewed off. Um, a lot of that is done when they newly come out when they're nice and soft and supple. And then when they mature, the leaf looks sort of deformed and chewed up. So unfortunately, that's how that goes. And I'm going to have to take a break for the news you're listening to. Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up. Calgary's largest garden center. With everything you need inside and out for all your gardening needs, spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, I think we're going to head down to... All the way down it's the high a jolly river. holiday with Mary. No wonder that it's Mary that we love. Good morning, Mary. <laughs> Good morning. Good your morning. Your, your opening You're going show. to the Calgary Stempy. Yes. Yeah. You couldn't go for me. I went for 40 years <laughs> because Brian and I are going to the moon. Nice. <laughs> nice. Oh, it's a gorgeous day. Isn't it? It's a great day for gardening. Yeah, actually. You have fun down the stampede. I had 40 years of it. <laughs> yeah, I still enjoy going down. Oh, I, I loved it. I yeah. loved it. When we did it, we were really involved. But anyway, what I'm calling for, I got an invasion okay. of Portulaca. Yeah, you got the, the too slow stuff. from the flood yeah. in my garden. So I finally found out what exactly you have to do. You got to dig it up and destroy it. But you know what? That, that stuff is known to be very, <laughs> very good for you. What, um, to eat? Yeah. Oh, I'm not eating it. I'm eating radishes on. and onion sandwiches. Mix and... it in with your radishes. No, thanks. Huh? No, no honestly, it's called Persila, I think, is the actually the name of that, because it's the wide leaf um, portulaca. No, it's that real small stuff that yeah. really invades. Yeah, it, it's, it is invasive, but it is actually, it, it's one of those ones that is actually supposed to be really good for you. So. Oh, is that right? What does it do for you? Does it everything. change your life? Like, does it turn your life around yeah, and make you everything. 40 years old? Everything's better with it, Mary. <laughs> Everything's better <laughs> in heaven. <laughs> You're full of it, too. <laughs> Go to the stampede. <laughs> Don't Yahoo! ride a bull. Don't ride a bull. <laughs> All right. Thanks, bull Mary. riders, you know. <laughs> they put forty ma- they put more forty marbles in their mouths and every time they buck off and the last one goes out they quit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's those enjoy gutsy, your show. Gutsy boys. Yeah, actually we sponsor the area where the families go with yeah, Brian Mandeville. I, I heard that on yeah. the radio. I read everything. I keep yeah, well, everything. It, it's nice. Um I, and I, it's a great place because that's where all the families go. Like it's so neat to see the yeah. different generations of cowboys back there. Yeah. It's I down really, by the river. It's it's yeah. it's actually quite fun. So we supply a bunch that. of flowers. I to, love that area. Yeah. That's nice. I really want to go and see the Charles Russell. Uh, one in the BMO. Yep, yeah, we're going to wander around there today a bit. Just loved him. 
we spend a lot of time in Montana. Nice. Anyway, you have a great day. You too, Mary. Take care. Yeah, I'm trying to keep this tree growing. Awesome. Joanna will come. She will. Yeah. I, I'm okay, going to remind goodbye. her this week. Bye-bye. All right. And where are we at? I got lots of text, lots of... I actually got a... Uh, it looks like a picture. I'm pretty sure it looks like a honeysuckle shrub. And half of it is a bunch of dead stuff. It's quite big right now. Again, if you decide to cut it back now, um, you're going to get some growth, just not as much. It, something like that would be better if you cut out the dead stuff now or and then just le- let it go dormant, let all that energy go back into it, and then just cut it back early next spring, and it'll it'll shoot right back up. Depends how much you get in there. You you could do it now; it won't hurt it, and you'll get some growth coming up. But you just have, you will have a bigger empty patch there. So just a well aware of uh, of that. And this says, "Good morning. Can I cut this to the ground?" And I got another honeysuckle. Good morning, Merle. Love your Sunday morning program. I love doing it as well. We have a beautiful honeysuckle with lots of hummingbirds, but starting to get aphids. Yeah, it is that time. And when you are dealing with your aphids, you want to spray them. Um, Unfortunately, it's every five days for three or four weeks consecutively because they're somewhat almost born pregnant and they just, you have to break the cycle and, and get rid of them that way. And I'm going to go to the phone lines and Lorraine has been waiting patiently. Good morning, Lorraine. Good morning. I hope you have an answer for me. Okay. I have a yard full of flowers, a balcony full of flowers, everything. And I walk a lot in the neighborhood. And this year, for some reason, I have not seen one ladybug. One, like the, we used to call them the cabbage butterflies, the white ones. Yeah. Uh, I have not seen any yellow jackets, any big bumblebees. The only thing I've noticed on my lavender is a few honeybees and smaller little bumblebees with the red on their back. Mm-hmm. Where are the bugs? Um, was it the winter that killed them? A little bit of that, um, but I think it depends. We've we've actually seen quite a few bees and, and bugs and different nice, lots of butterflies at the garden center mm-hmm. around the flowers. Um, and I, I haven't heard a ton. I know, like around my place, I live down by the river in Cranston, and there's a fair bit of... Uh, uh, bugs and and different flies and and hummingbirds and and all kinds of different uh, lots of the moss and the mayflies, uh, but I, I agree I haven't seen many hornets or, or wasps. No, the only thing I've noticed is like the the big city trees on the boulevard. Mm-hmm. They have I've noticed the last week and a half. They've got the uh, leaf rollers. Because yeah. all the leaves are starting, they're, they're rolling yeah, up. It is that. still like we're only heading into mid July, and everything is behind a bit because we did um, just the way the winter was. It was as long and dry and cold right to the end, right mm-hmm. to mid May. So really, I think we're a couple of weeks behind because typically by this time, most of the ivory silk lilacs are blooming, and I see them blooming in some of the microclimate areas in town. But like up in Cranston, there's a whole loop of of those ivory silk lilacs, and they haven't bloomed yet. So a lot of the big blooming plants are just starting. So I think, um, and I'll ask some of the people and and any of the listeners, maybe maybe they can comment yeah. on it. But I, I agree, I have not seen a, a wasp or a hornet really to, no. to speak of, Nothing. and we, and we haven't had a lot of people coming in asking for the spray. I've had lots of people wondering about the mosquitoes. I know that's yeah, starting because yeah. with the wetness. So <laughs> they're coming out. Let's yeah. hope with this heat, 
um, the bees and we'll get a lot more of the flowers going and hopefully we'll start seeing some more of that. But definitely, um, I'd love for anybody to comment. And, and I'm uh, not, it's not my imagination. Yeah, no, I haven't seen a, a wasp. And, and really, we can tell by this, we get people coming in and asking for this hornet spray or this spray or whatever, you know, if there's problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but we do have a really good product. It's actually a garlic spray. Mm-hmm. It's called Mosquito Less, and it puts a barrier over your yard. You spray it in your yard, yeah. and it's, it works phenomenal. And it's a garlic, and it's a lot like the... Like the queen insists that it gets used in her garden okay. uh, only because she doesn't like to use pesticides at all, but she uses a garlic spray in her garden. So Okay. If it's good enough for the queen, it's good enough That's for right. us. Right. All right. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Thanks, Lorraine. Okay, bye-bye. bye-bye. All right, and I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. It is kind of amazing when you think about the stuff that happened 50 years ago, and really we haven't tackled any of those things as of late. Obviously, we're traveling all over the place, but we've no one else has gone to the moon again. It's kind of weird, kind of weird, kind of spooky. Um, and speaking of spooky, <laughs> not that Gene's spooky. We're gonna, <laughs> sorry, that came out wrong. I was going to go somewhere else with this, but I'm going to go to Gene. Good morning, Gene. Morning. You're not spooky at all. Oh, uh, I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just the the moon landing and how we how we just never gone back. It's oh, kinda... I see. Okay, yeah. Uh, how I can have, I help you? Well, I have a rhubarb problem. I've had a rhubarb plant for many years. It's produced more than I could keep up to. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the last two or three years, the stalks are just very skinny. Has the light changed? Uh, have trees grown around it bigger? Uh, possibly, I guess. Yeah. That. I would say that could be part of the reason. And they do need, like, if it's getting older like that, probably rejuvenating the soil around it, adding some nutrients to it. Because um, you got to think they're going to be a fairly heavy feeder. they got to produce a lot of foliage yes. uh, and a lot of stock, which takes a, a fair bit of energy. Uh-huh. And um, is it closer to a house? Uh, well, to a garage. Yeah. I always remember everyone always planted them on the corner of a house or stuff like that. It always seemed to be in in a lot of the yards um, way back when, because I remember at my mom's, um, we had a great big rhubarb plant and it was stuck on the side of the house and that's sort of where everybody seemed to plant them at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely I would just rejuvenate the soil, add some, even some of that hemp product into the soil or grab some garden mix, some sea soil, mix that in around it and add a bag of that 845, the groundskeeper's pride in there. That'll make all the difference. What about just plain compost? Uh, we com- you know. Yeah, if you compost, absolutely. Any kind of nutrients would be great. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, we'll see what happens Yeah, give year, that then. a try and see what that does. I think it's too late for this year. Yeah, but, uh, it, it, no, it'll, it'll be amazing how, like, if you get some stuff in it, give it a good deep watering as well and uh, give it some of that food. Even if you want to use a water-soluble to give it something, just, just give it a good kick. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you could use something for that. I would use more of a 30-10-10 because it's producing lots of growth up top, so that's yes. where you want the 30-10-10. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. All right. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. All right, and if you'd like to join me, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. 
And I got quite a few texts, but I'm going to go to one more. And I got Drew on the line. Good morning, Drew. Good morning. Thank you for uh, taking my call. Of course. How can um, I help you? A uh, couple questions. I understand that you've probably addressed my poplar issue, um, but I've got an evergreen question as well. And you mentioned earlier about the mulching. Um, I put in my poplars about three summers ago. They seem to have done well. I planted them a little deeper. I live in Longview, so okay. you have a bit of a wind, yeah. a wind issue. The, the poplars went in a little deeper. I used a lot of mulch, at least six to eight inches. Yeah. That seemed to do the trick. Yeah. But now they're growing so well, um, it looks like the bark is splitting in places. And it looks like it's been in places almost like a gunshot wound on the bark. So, and I wonder if you could address that, but also... Are you able uh, to send a mulch- picture in on that? Are you, are, you, are you at home now? You can maybe just text a picture to the same number? You I, know what? I've just left to okay. come to the city. I'm, yeah, I'm no worries. Because um, they do, when, so, they, when they do grow, they do get, at, especially if it's growing quicker, They as the bark gets older, like us, it wrinkles up a bit, gets a little bit more gnarly, and that as it grows, yeah. if, if it's closer to the bottom... But if it's in the middle, the gunshot wound could be just an improper pruning or a broken branch that came off and, and it's just not healed properly in that one spot. Okay. That okay. could be it. There's a, okay. there's a few different things. But, again, uh, best thing with that, like, you do, like you've been doing, the bark mulch and a soaker hose. I'm assuming you got a whole row of them. Yeah, I did, and I actually built a kind of an irrigation system out of old hose, and it worked well. And I've, I've actually taken it out now, but it, it was in there for the first three years. But I have a question about the, the matting and the mulch. I've got a row of evergreens, about 10 trees. They're about 12 feet tall. They they don't grow much at all, and I've revitalized a couple other evergreens on the property with a drip line, using some mat and some mulch. I was going to trim up the branches from the bottom of the evergreen. I was going to put down some matting, and then I've got access to a lot of mulch. But I was going to put a drip line along the, the uh, a soaker line or soaker hose along the drip line of the trees. Would I have to circulate the trees, or can I just basically do the outside of the row to make sure that... Yeah, just do outside of the row and then just have it pointing towards the drip line and just, just that yeah. slow, deep watering. It'll saturate in around that area, no problem. So the middle of the trees, they'd still get the water and absolutely. all that kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's going to saturate so all that mulch and things like that. Yeah. It depends how many gallons per minute your emitters are. Um, I, I like to use the four gallons per hour sort of thing. Um, emitters, they're a beige you know color. What? Yeah, I, you know, I just go to the salvage yard, get old garden hoses and drill holes in it. Oh. <laughs> I just leave it on. Yeah, you know, it, it's so cheap to buy the long, they can get a thousand feet at, at some of the irrigation places, like for 200 bucks or 150 bucks. And then you're not wasting your water, and you just buy the emitters there, too. And it's really quite an inexpensive system. Um, And then you just poke a hole where you want it and uh, put an emitter on it. That way you're not wasting any of your water, either. Yeah. Because probably by the time, if you've got a bunch of those hooked up, just poking holes, probably by the end of the hose, you might not even be getting anything out of it because there's so much water coming out of the first holes. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, because you have to build up the pressure. If I was to round up the grass under those trees, is it dangerous for the uh, the chemical to touch some of those top roots on the evergreens? Um, no. Um, if you're spraying the weeds, as long as it doesn't touch any of the green, you're fine. Because um, what okay. it does, it attacks the chlorophyll in the leaf and stops it from feeding. So. Okay. Well, great. well thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks.
Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coons, and if you'd like to join me, and we're going to the moon today here on Let's Talk Gardening, you can call us at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And I got a few texts here that I'm going to go through real quickly. And it says, hey, Merle, do you know if that's a weed at the base of my lily? I think it had yellow flowers. It is, I would say, it, yeah, it definitely is a weed, the viney-looking one. It's hard to really get a good close-up on some of it, but I would say most of it looks like that creeping um, yellow weed, and uh, definitely is. And then I got, first legal area is awesome, but the second is two years old and hasn't flowered yet. Yeah, that one looks like it's just, it's struggling a bit, and usually it should be fine. Like, it looks like it's just maybe not getting that. It's right beside the hose, but maybe that's the one that maybe gets neglected a little bit more. Um, but because you showed me a picture of the first one, and it's just going like crazy. But, uh, and it depends on how long, I don't know how long ago you planted it. Um, it looks like within the last year or so, um, just give it a bit of, be a bit of patient the first year and it should be taken off for you because Ligularias does love that. And if it's not a lot of shade, um, looks like your soil is nice and healthy, but, but look at your other plants. It looks like most of those are all fairly new. So I'm assuming just be a little patient, let it get rooted in and then you should be good to go. But right now I'm going to go to Bill and an apple tree. Good morning, Bill. Good morning, Earl. How you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Merle, I got an apple tree that I, I did prune it at the, in the springtime to mm-hmm. take out some of the tall suckers off. But now that the apples are coming out and everything, uh, I still got some new growth. Can I trim that back now too? Yeah, actually you can you can trim some of that off because it, that'll help um, mature a lot of the apples as well. Because yeah. sometimes it sends out, they're almost like water sprouts. And it's good to remove a lot of that stuff. And it's better on the tree when you do it when they're young because then it can heal easier. So just when you right. just do it, I always take about two-thirds of it off first. And then when you get closer to the trunk, you'll see a little lip. It's called a collar. Just go on the other side of the collar. That way it can heal properly. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah, whenever you cut branches, always make sure you take it in two or three cuts. Um, a lot of people try and take the whole thing at one time and it'll tear on you. It's just better if you take it. Like you said, just leave a third or a couple inches and then do a second or third cut closer. Perfect. And spruce trees now, can I trim those as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, now is a good time. A lot of times you like to do it when just the new growth, and this year it is a little bit later, a lot of the new growth hasn't hardened off yet. Are you just yeah. are you removing limbs or are you just shaping a bit? Well, no, I'm just some, a little bit of overhang where, you know, come over the sidewalk, that kind of stuff. I got to trim it up a little bit because people are hitting their heads. <laughs> yeah, and on those, some of them, um, yeah, just take it back and go a little further back than what is actually needed because you, you, otherwise you're just going to have to keep doing it, and then at one point it's going to be hard to do. So mm-hmm. go back a little bit further if you can. On some of those, you might end up have, having to take the whole branch off, unfortunately. Yeah, on some of them I, I will, but on most of them I think you could just trim it. Yeah, you'll be totally All fine. Right. Perfect. That's good. That's all I need to know. All right. Thanks, Bill. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. And uh, we seem to have an abundance of of uh, 
apples this year. I've seen a lot around town, and I know the ones in the tree lot have just they're blooming like crazy. I got apples; everything's starting to weep over a little bit. So, um, lots and lots of apples. Maybe let me know if you guys are seeing lots of apples on your trees this year. Would love to see that. And when I get back, I'll talk to Bob and whoever else gives me a shout. I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Just remember that you're standing on a planet that's evolving. evolving Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Loving the loving the moon tunes. They're pretty good today. Let's go. We're going to go down to the... Rose Society, the Calgary Rose Society, and we got Brian Rottenfusser, and uh, he's going to tell us what's going on down there at the Society. Good morning, Brian. Good morning. How are you doing today? Very well. How are you? Very, very good. So, what's uh, what's stampeding down at the at the Rose Society? Well, they're changing the um, the Rose Show for this year. Okay. The Rose Show will be this coming Saturday, uh, July twentieth. Okay. And for about the last 17 years, we've been at North Hill Mall. Yeah. This year, they're going to try something different. Okay, where are we, where are we going? Going over to the Scandinavian Center. Okay. It's going to become a one-day show, uh, whereas in the past, the entries were on Friday and then open to the public yeah. on Saturday. This year, they're going to do the entries early in the morning. This, this is a format that's used in Australia and in the United States, trying it out here. Okay. Um Entries from 7.30 to 10.30 in the morning, and then a couple of hours for judging, and open to the public from 1.30 to 5 in the afternoon. No entry, uh, no fee for anybody <coughs> to enter or to come in and visit, and hopefully we have lots of beautiful roses for people to see. Yeah, no kidding. That's uh, And I, I remember going to the Scandinavian Center, and I think it's in northwest Calgary. Maybe it's you got the address? On, uh, 739 20th Avenue Northwest. Yeah, I went to, they used to have the thing called the Festival of Nations, and you'd get, tour around, you had to buy a passport, and you'd go to all the different cultural centers. I, I never encountered that one, but it's we've been having our meetings in the basement there for a number of years. Awesome. It's, it's a nice facility. You drive along 20th Avenue, and it's right there, uh, very obvious. Yeah, love those cultural centers, but some of them are struggling a little bit more now as uh, the next generation. I know uh, my father-in-law was the president of the German Canadian club. So we would buy these passports and go, but it was awesome. Cause you'd go to the different ones and you'd have the different food and the different shots of uh, whatever kind of booze they had. And it was always lots of fun. This, so. this, this is a beautiful facility and they, yeah. come, they take really good care of it. Absolutely. So our show will be upstairs with the big main room. Gorgeous, uh, gorgeous facility. Yeah. Awesome. So, and, and again, that's from what time can people come in? Uh, open to if they're bringing roses in, and we and you do not have to be a member of the Calgary Rose Society to okay. bring your roses in. Okay. If you've got roses and you'd like to enter, show up anytime before ten o'clock. Uh, okay. Earlier is better because yep. it takes a little time to prep them and get them yep. set out the right place and, and so yep. on. Um, and then judging will be kind of eleven till one and open to the public from one thirty until 5. Okay, and Brian, I had a caller earlier, and since I got the rose guy here, I'm going to ask you. I had, uh, he, it looked like a Morden blush, and the, they were, there was lots of, lots and lots of blooms and buds. They're opening about three quarters of the way, and then just kind of rotting off. Um, 
I, I mentioned it could have been from the rain, excessive rain on it or water on the leaves or inconsistent watering. It, it's pro- you're probably right on the first one. It's been a pretty damp spring, yeah. and there are some... I, I haven't encountered that with Morden Blush, but uh, there are some of the uh, roses that have difficulty opening. It's botrytis and it, or browning, different names for it, but the, the buds either only open part way or or sometimes just refuse to open. They just... Yeah, no, these were opening, and some were open all the way, but some of them just it looked like about three quarters, just about to give you that beautiful show, then just doesn't go there. Hmm. Yeah, it looked like it was just, like I said, three quarters open and just sits there, almost looked like a peony bud, you know, just right. just ready to open up big, and you can see all the all the petals and they're opening up wide, but then it just sits there. It looks like and, it just did the outside of the the outside petals turn brown? Yeah, little light brown, not like a black or a. No, no, a, that's 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 usual. Is, yep. is that light brown? That's usually be, just because it's cold and it's wet. Yeah. Okay. Then I was I was on the right track. Okay. It's, that's uh, unfortunately uh, <laughs> spring in Calgary. And the light colored ones tend to be uh, more prone to that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, if if we get a, a a really chilly stretch at some point in the summer, we we all notice that our blooms quit opening, and and some of them will start to do that. Some some don't. Okay. Okay. Uh, Particular the ones that um, I think the ones that are more prone to that are the ones with fairly thin petals, very delicate. Uh, yeah. Thin petals. The big uh, the ones that have thick, sturdy petals. Uh, seem to manage okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was a Morton Blush. It was that same color, clusters. But there's so many roses, it could have been a little bit of a different variety. But uh, it, it'll it'll happen with that. There's uh, one is na- there's another one of the Morton ones. His name doesn't come to me right now that's very prone to we, that. Yeah, we had a really good rose season. The only thing is we're getting a bit of black spot on some of them, which is fairly common as well, isn't that? In Calgary? It, 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 cool. It, well, it depends. Um, it seems to go in cycles. Some yeah. years we get very little, and some years we get a lot. Uh, what I'm seeing this year is a fair bit of powdery mildew, and again, that's because of the, the very damp conditions. Yeah, and I do carry the the pure spray green, and I know that was used commercially by a lot of the rose growers for like 20 or 30 years before it even became available in the retail market. And... Uh, and we do carry that, and we've used it on our powdery mildew and stuff like that. It works really, really well, and it's a it's a bar, it's a pharmaceutical grade mineral oil. Sounds good. I haven't tried that one myself. It's not. It doesn't say fungicide on it, but just because in the states or you know in Canada you have to pay for the registration. It just says insecticide, but it's the exact same product that they sell in the states, and in the states it has a slash and then says fungicide as well. So it's the exact same product. So. Okay. They just don't pay to put the extra million bucks to put fungicide I, I, on it. So. I find I'm usually just too lazy, and my roses <laughs> rarely get sprayed. So, But for those who uh, want to spray them, it's good to have some products like that. Absolutely. So maybe just one more quick time. Um, let us know what's going, where it is and what time, and then we'll, we'll be done. Next Saturday, uh, July 20th, and the Rose Show is at the Scandinavian Center, which is on... Uh, 20th Avenue at 7th Street Northwest. Okay. And entries in the morning between 7:30 and 10:30. And the uh, but you have if you're bringing them in, you have to be there by 10 o'clock. There's okay. half hours to okay get them in. Perfect. And well, then viewing for the public from 1:30 until 5. All right. Perfect.
and we hope to have a good crowd of people out because we usually get some very beautiful roses and it's nice to show them off. Awesome. And then you can also go for a walk around that community. Lots of great gardens around uh, that area. Go for a nice little walk around there. My mother lived quite close to there. And yes, I walked that district many times. It's a really nice district. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Brian. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so don't forget, next Saturday, um, you can take a look at the Rose Show at the Scandinavian Center, so it should be lots of fun. <clears throat> right now, I'm going to go to Bob. Good morning, Bob. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Uh, I just want to say, great show, very informative. Thank you so much. And I love your Green It Up lawn fertilizer. So my You've had question, some good luck with it? Oh, yeah. I have for the last uh, three years. Perfect. I've been using it, and it's great. Awesome. Uh, my, my Swedish aspens, I've got Swedish columnar aspens. Yep. I've got a row of, uh, what, four that are, what, five years old, okay. 20 feet tall. Now they're late leafing out half. Now only half, they've gone up half the way. Yeah, I've I seen a fair bit of that this year. And a lot of that is um, just our dry fall. Like they went to bed probably dry. Um, so all I'm really recommending right now is trying people to get, put some slow, deep watering on them, even with all this rain, get the water down nice and deep into the root for it okay. and, and try some rage plus rage plus. Yep. Give them a shot of that and see if you can bring some life into it. Um, um, for whatever reason, it's just cause they're so tall and there's so much foliage. And then when we have that dry fall, like September, October, November, mm-hmm. December, was this bone dry? Right. And that's when they f- go to bed and they sort of have all that moisture in the ground. So when they go to leaf up in the spring, there's just no moisture enough in there to, to um, hydrate okay. all the new leaves. All right. So that happens. And it happens on birch and, and the columnar aspens when they get bigger like that. And especially the young, vibrant, growing ones because they need so much more. Okay. And... Uh, I, so I would just, like I said, put a soaker hose on there, one of those leaky hoses ones that just looks like it's sweating, right. and leave it on there for a couple of days. Just get get some good, slow, deep watering in there and add uh, get some Rage Plus on those. And, and then water it good again in yep. the fall. Yeah, and then a couple times throughout the summer. Here, see if you can get some good, some foliage going right now, though. So you still have time. Um as long as the bark hasn't changed color, if well, you look that's at, what I was just going to say the trunk, the bark is now turning sort of a brownish. Yeah, you know, on the parts that where it's dying. that hasn't leafed. Yeah, that, okay. When you start getting that color, you might be gone too far. Um, it's just because what it does, it just shuts those areas down. So you might need to do some pruning of that. Okay. But I would try to, if it's over half, I would try and salvage. Um, if you're seeing a whole bunch of that brown, unfortunately, you may have lost a couple of those. So, oh, that'll be four of them then. Yeah. Okay, and you uh, have somebody that could do that. Absolutely. Pruning? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. You can give our guys a call at Prune It Up, and Mark would be more than happy. And unfortunately, if you have to remove those, we do have some nice large uh, columnar aspens that we could put in well, that place and uh, fill in the gap if you okay. need. Okay, and he can tell me whether yep. that should be done then. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Merle. All right. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye-bye. And where are we at for time? we got some time. Let's go to Steve. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, we live in Cochrane, and our tap water is very cold. Now, we were we have the greenhouse, and we were discussing whether or not it's shocking the plants or we should uh, have the watering can kind of warm up throughout the day. Yeah, ideally, if you can warm up the water, it, it definitely doesn't hurt. 
Um, but I've watered lots of many, many plants of uh, ice cold water down in Bowness or anywhere in Calgary. When we, once you get to the get down into the ground, our water is usually fairly cold. And right. I've watered many, many plants with that, and it hasn't. It's just maybe in the heat of the day. It might be a bit of a hot to real, real cold. It's just like us. If you jump in the cold shower, you kind of, ah! Yeah, that's what we were thinking, yeah. exactly. So we kind of wait, like, later in the afternoon to have it when the temperature cools down. But Yeah, or water kind of first thing in the morning is even better. Like Oh, it is? Eh? Yeah, water early on, and uh, and then you're fine. But if you have the capability of heating up a couple, warm up a few couple barrels of water or a rain barrel or something like that, um, that definitely doesn't hurt. Um, but like I said, it's definitely not necessary, though. Okay. Alrighty. Thanks for your help. I just wanted to say hi to Wanda and Stan because they listen every Sunday. Awesome. Hi, Wanda. Hi, Stan. And okay. uh, thank you so much, Steve. Good thank luck. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And let's go to Greg. Good morning, Greg. Hi, Merle. Hey, how are you? Good, thanks. How can I've, I got, uh, I've got a laurel leaf willow that I planted up at our place at Sylvan Lake last year. Now, it's a big tree. It's about a, It was about a three-foot root ball that I planted, and it's about 12 feet tall. Yeah. Now, this year, I was, I was expecting it to take off and really start to be healthy, but it got attacked a few weeks ago by a woodpecker. Yeah. And, I mean, it doesn't look good now. Uh, he got all the way around, like, not... You know, didn't take the bark off. Yeah, all the but way just around, a whole row little... of a whole row oh. of holes. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's like, usually the yellow-bellied sap sucker. I always remember hearing yeah. that from uh, like the cartoons, whatever. But uh, uh, I think it's why so, Osamity Sam used to say that sap suckers. Anyways, but that's a yellow-bellied sap sucker. They go in and they they love hitting the aspens and stuff like that, and a lot of the softer poplars and things like that. They love going after those in birch trees. Yeah, so some of the you know some of the leaves are turning yellow and uh, it doesn't look very healthy. What can I do? Is there any hope for this tree? Um, there is. It'll it should heal up. Um, what I would do is just make sure you're hydrating it well, and give it a little extra water. And you can fill in those holes like with a product called Lac Balsam, um, and just try and maybe a a bit of a deterrent. Hang a there's different bird deterrents that you can use. I'm hanging CDs in the trees, things like that, maybe around there. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just the shiny. Yeah. I put tinfoil around the worst part of it, and then they, I think they might be gone now, but the birds. Yeah. Uh, Okay, so what's that stuff called? It's called Lac lac Balsam, and and I know we carry it down at Spruce It Up. It's a bark replacement. It's the only one I really recommend because it actually... It's a bark replacement. It's a breathable product that is, like, I wouldn't use that black tar or some of that pruning paint and stuff like that. It's kind of, it's not great for a lot of the trees, so. Okay. All right. Thank you. I'll try that. Thank you very much. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. And I just, uh, a few weeks ago, we were at a birthday party for uh, Tammy, and then I know I got a couple fans, and uh, people love listening to the show up in Innisville. So I just want to say hi to Sandra and Lauren Gerard, and they're up in Innisville, and hopefully they're listening today. And uh, happy gardening to you guys, and it was great to, to meet you both. And uh, and I know I've been meaning to do this, and I just remembered. And uh, so I just wanted to say hi to you guys, and uh, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. One of my favorite songs. That's a great one by Elton John. He is the Rocket Man, and uh, haven't seen the movie come out yet. I haven't heard as much about that yet. If it's been good or bad or or indifferent, so uh, be interesting to see that when it uh, make it to a theater. I always uh, avoid the theaters in the summer. It's more of a winter thing for me. But right now, I'm going to go to Gordon and uh, see what's going on. Good morning, Gordon. Good morning. How? Um, I haven't seen any dragonflies this year. It's funny you say that. Uh, I, was, I think it was last night. We were looking. We were starting to get a bit of bats down in our area, so we stayed out uh, out on the deck a little bit later to see if we can see the bats. But I did notice a few dragonflies, so my wife, Caroline, and I were just looking. We noticed a few dragonflies were up on the house hanging out, waiting to, to feast on all the bugs coming out. So. No, so, I I, but I haven't seen a ton yet either. But they they seem to come a little bit more when it heats up, like in the heat of the summer here. So once we get past our our stampede rains and our and our June July rains here at the beginning, and then I think we'll start seeing more of the dragonflies. For some reason, and not that we've had a long summer, it feels later in the season than it actually is. Yeah. Like in some ways, it almost feels like August. Um, but it's only July fourteenth, so yeah. we're still we're still fairly early into summer. So I think we'll start seeing a bunch more of this stuff when we get our summer heat and all that coming out. So well, I remember two years ago, uh, and in in fact, I got photographic proof of this. Was was a uh, dragonfly was resting uh, on my uh, balcony railing? Yeah, on July first. Oh, nice. Yeah, I said, like I said, I definitely seen them. Like last night, I we had one at our house, so I know yeah. they're out there. But I, I agree, I haven't seen as many. But I know when it heats up, typically in our greenhouse, we start seeing lots of them inside the inside our annual house. They come in there and start eating the bugs um, when yeah. it gets nice and hot. So uh, I think in the next couple of weeks, hopefully, we start seeing some more of the of the dragonflies and the and the good bumblebees and all that other kind of fun stuff. So. A quick question: What yes, were sir. you doing fifty years ago on when uh, before <laughs> the uh, when it landed on the moon? Myself, I was only two years old at that time, so I probably was just hanging out uh, uh, in a laundry basket because I think that was my crib when I was a kid. <laughs> uh, I was the last of five kids, so uh, um, they probably just stuck me in the corner or somewhere like that, or I was out somewhere doing something. Who knows? <laughs> I was living in Montgomery at that time, so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, we were living out of town, and uh, I remember during the day, uh, we went west of where we were living, and it was just pouring rain, and uh, we were fishing underneath a, a, a bridge, just keeping out of the rain, <laughs> trying to fish. But isn't it kind of amazing back then, you think, and how the news still spread all over the place from corner to corner without... Um, text message or internet or whatever, but it's still, it's, and uh, it, it's just kind of amazing. I, we're, I was talking about that with my wife because uh, our kids are getting into the 15, 17 year old age about how, how if there was a party at, at in high school, everyone always knew about it for somehow. You could yeah. get 200 people. And we didn't have phones or texts or anything. It was just passing some notes or and his word of mouth, and it spread like crazy. But yeah. uh, it would have been so much easier nowadays You just send a bunch of texts. But pretty crazy. And I, I, like I said, I think it's a little bit weird that uh, we've done nothing else with the moon. We've only gone there the one time, and it really, uh, it's yeah. that interest has dropped off. So. Yeah. Well, anyway. 
have Thanks. yourself a, a, and, and a happy belated birthday. Thank you so much, Gordon. Appreciate right. it. Thank you, okay. sir. Take care. Right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right. And I got a few questions. I've had a couple of these on the grafted carragana. Ten years old. Branch appeared to be dead on the side. Was full of flower on the side, but not so much on the other side. Leaves are curled up. It, it, it's an older one. I, I just think I would get in there and thin out a bunch of those dead ones and trim it off the ground because it's using a lot of energy. When some of the carragannas and some of these things get old, so I'd just go through and just prune out any of the old dead wood in that weeping caragana. It's gorgeous looking, but I just think it, it's using a lot of its energy trying to fulfill that old wood. So give it that, give it a good shot of water, and give it a last bit of fertilizer here before the end of July. And on that, you could just use like a 20-20-20, something like that would be perfect for that. And I need to go for a break. And when I get back, we're going to chat with David about apples. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. And I forgot my line. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's largest garden center with everything you need inside and out for all your gardening needs. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We've got you covered to the moon and back. And I got a couple texts I'm going to go through here quickly. And uh, good morning. What kind of tree is this? That is a Tartarian maple. And you're starting to get all the red uh, Tartarian. They get the little wings on them, or hot wings, it's also called, because you get the, the little red wings on the end. So hot wings, Tartarian maple, and... Uh, and what else? I'm looking at using pure spray green on grapes to try and control leaf hoppers and Winnipeg parks. Um, it seemed to have damaged by the spray. I, I would think unless the only time it could really maybe have damaged is if you if you sprayed it when it's in the heat heat of the day, and it, and it could create a bit of a mic and a bit of a mic or like a magnifying glass. But typically, honestly, it's been used for. Um, roses for uh, many, many years, and it, and it works great, and it's totally, usually very, very fine. Make sure you mix it to the proper consistency is what it says on the, in the, for the directions as well. If it's mixed too strong, more is not better with a lot of that stuff, especially any of the oils. Um, you just don't want it on too thick, so that would be one of my any other suggestions. And this... And this from Kath. The blossoms this year were ridiculous, and now the trees are loaded with fruit. I think I'll need to remove a lot because the branches will be hang, hanging too low. And that it's a good thing to do. Remove some of the fruit um, if if you're going to weigh if it gets weighed down really badly. So it uh, definitely makes a big difference. And uh, right now I'm going to go to the phone lines as promised, and I'm going to chat with David. Good morning, David. Morning, Merle. How can I help you? Actually, it kind of refers to apples. Okay. Um, we have so many. We have so many apples here, uh, and nothing last year, which is odd. But as I was wondering, do we prune or thin our apple trees to get larger apples, or do we just kind of leave them and let them? Do, do what you they know do? what kind of apple it is? Um, most of them are 
like the Hardy Max, and I mean, not one of those. It's one, it's quite old. The trees is like, yeah, kind of like a good. good it, or, it doesn't hurt to to remove some of the some of the fruit and let the the good ones mature. So if you can go through and see any of the ones that maybe have been attacked by any of the bugs or anything yet, um, pull some of them off. And and let the let the tree concentrate on ones maybe a little bit f- closer in maybe remove some of the outer end ones, and uh, and let it concentrate on more of the apples that are a little bit closer. Only like and really only if it's weighted way down. Um, but again, when a, when a tree's in fruit stage, make sure it's getting good hydration so it can continue to uh, fulfill and and get those apples nice and mature. Right. Thank you. All right. Does that help out? It does. Awesome. Nothing better than Alberta-grown apples, man. They taste so good. Well, they said, like, last year, I think we had, I mean, we have a doggo that normally produces tons of crab apples. I think we had about 10 last year. And, and Which is usually year, good. People don't mind that on a doggo sometimes because they can get pretty messy. <laughs> well, that's... <laughs> that's usually but, uh, the nightmare of when I say, hey, we should put a crab apple in your in your yard. People look at me, they get that look in their eyes like, uh-uh. <laughs> well, they're great if you like the juice, but if you don't, they're, they're horrible. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, thanks, David. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Um, there's so many great um, trees right now. And if you're looking for um, a replacement for the weeping birch, um and I've been trying these ones for a few years. We have the, it's called the Prairie Cascade Willow. It's actually the weeping willow that is hardy for our area. So it's it's called the Prairie Cascade Willow. Uh, I planted a couple in my yard yesterday. And I'm um, looking forward to those uh, growing nice and big and giving me that uh, weeping willow um, look that you typically only see in BC. So... Let's go to the phone lines, and we're going to chat with Jim. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I have lavender that I love, but it doesn't love me back. Okay. It it seems to want to not bloom, and I I plant them every year in a pot that's probably 15 inches wide and uh, 20 inches deep, and uh, they stop blooming. Yeah, that sounds perfect. And uh, do you have it in a nice sunny spot? Yep, yep. Okay. Yeah. And do, do you plant it when it's already blooming? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. Because um, what happens is when you plant it, it's probably fairly root bound and it's blooming, right? Yeah. And then you transplant into a nice new pot and then it has all that good soil to grow. And so it really doesn't think it needs to to rejuvenate itself or reseed itself because it's... Um, it has all this new soil. I'm growing fine. I'm going to be all right for a while. So sometimes when you transplant a, a blooming plant, and certain ones only, like annuals, like petunias and all that, they're, they're fine with it and stuff like that. But there's certain ones, and I notice a lot of the herbs and, and some lavenders and things like that, when you transplant them, it almost triggers them out of blooming because all of a sudden I have all this nice soil. I don't need to produce seeds. I don't need to, tra- I don't need to reproduce myself um, because I'm happy. So, so a lot of times, if you look at most flowering indoor plants like uh, azaleas, pot mums, all those ones are always really, really root bound because they almost put them into a stress mode a bit, and and to trigger more blooms. So, that would be my guess with the lavender is is almost keep it in the same pot you buy it in, and unfortunately you have to water a bit more and fertilize in there, or or get one earlier on, um, not in bloom. 
and and okay. and plant it earlier on in the season and and see if that'll help you out. But and hopefully you should start seeing some blooms here. It like I said, it's still pretty early. We're only July fourteenth, um, so as we head into summer, and uh, you should start seeing some blooms a little bit later on once it gets root bound, root bound again, and just fertilize with fifteen thirty fifteen. Fifteen thirty. Yeah, put okay. it in a nice hot spot too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Perfect. Let me know Thanks. how that goes, Jim, because I I am curious, but I have seen that night because those lavenders look so gorgeous when you get them in the store. They're all nice and blue on top. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And then yeah. people transplant them, but I've seen it tons, and you're not the first one. So. Well, it's it's weird because when I go golf, all the golf places have them out there, and they're blooming like mad. Yeah. And mine looks like it's dying, so. Yeah, I, I, that's the only reason I think. I think start younger, like get a, a younger plant, transplant it early on, and then let it grow through that cycle for you and not before. Okay. And a lot of times the ones you're buying have been forced to get to that stage too. So like I okay. said, they put them into that shock. Okay? Okay, thank you. Thanks, Jim. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. And actually, I did have a text earlier, and I think I said it was sage, but it also... Um, sometimes the text come through very good on this on the screen, but sometimes it's hard to see. But I almost think you might have some lavender as well, um, just the, the the native more the stuff, the perennial lavender out in your garden. But right now, I actually I got to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening, and it's going to the moon segment today. That's courtesy of Brian, who loves the music, and uh, we love listening to it. So uh, thanks again, Brian, for all the effort on the on the tunes, and today was moon tunes. Always good. Let's go to Gwen. Good morning, Gwen. Good morning and happy Stampede. Thank you to you as well. Yahoo! Yahoo! <laughs> yeah. I've got all those wasps and dragonflies and bees people the, are looking for. In fact, I already took down a wasp nest. Okay, so they're all at Gwen's house. They're all my house, you're yeah. Ho- you're hogging them all. I'm hogging all. <laughs> <laughs> you must have something good there. All right. I have. I, I have. I also have a birch tree that's in stress. They went on your website, and I uh, see how you call it birch dieback. Yeah. Where it's got lots of dead the branches top. falling and stuff yeah. all over. Um, when we water it, and we water it in the drip line, um, how about feeding it if, if I have a granular or whatever? I, I, I would use... They love Rage Plus for whatever reason. Um, the birch trees respond really, really well to the Rage Plus. Um, so soak, do your soak rows, get it really nice and moist. And then okay. if it's a larger tree, I'd probably use four or five pails, like those five-gallon pails of okay. the of the Rage Plus around the drip line. All right. Um, like I said, they respond really, really well. We've had There's a couple of pictures in our store of people where they have the birch leaf mine or the birch dieback on top. And it's actually pushed life. If you get it in the first season early on, um, a lot of times you can get life pushed back into those some of those branches that aren't completely dead if they're just dormant. Oh, so, great! So yeah, just deep watering and the uh, and the and the Rage Plus, and hopefully that might help you out. 
Okay, I'll go pick some of that Rage Plus up. Why is that different from like a 20, 20, it's, 20 or whatever? This is more like a super compost in a bottle. It's 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 all it's an organic compost. It's made up of uh, seaweed, um, bat guana, which is bat poop, and a bunch of other stuff that's... It, you're more feeding the soil. You're building mycorrhizae up. You're building organisms up in our soil, which okay. we don't have. And birch trees, um, they they like that. And for whatever reason, um, they respond really, really well to, to, to the Rage Plus. So that's why, like, our soil really doesn't have a whole lot of organic matter in it. Like, we have lots of that clay and things like that. So when you when you add the Rage Plus to our soil, it's like feeding your soil. It's it's turning it into a super, super organism. Works oh. really, really well. Okay. So I, I water deep along the drip line, then I get the Rage Plus, yep. and I pour four or five pails yeah, around the drip line. Around yep. the drip line. Yep. And and I could use that Rage Plus on my, my other Absolutely. Plants. You can use it on all your plants. There's some people that use it strictly um on everything all the time. Like it, it, it it's that good. Like you can use it just as a um, don't look at the numbers though, because when right. you, if you look at twenty, it's a, like a zero point one point one four or something, right? Okay. But it's more what you're adding to it. It's the whole um, makeup of the of like a super compost in a bottle. So alrighty, I also have huge, really really large mushrooms. Like they grow super large, yeah. And I hand pick them and I I throw them in the recycle bin, but they, they more keep coming up all over my front lawn. It's probably, was there a tree removed there at one time or something like that? Uh, there's a tree, and, and unfortunately, I think it wasn't planted deep enough, so it, it's got, um, it's almost like it's sprouting leaves right along the trunk, and the, you can see where the roots are digging out more into lo- the lawn. Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of times that it comes with there's organic matter like a root or a piece of wood stuck in the soil or or a dead tree where the roots are because then it's that organic matter rotting underground and it creates those spores and a lot of times the mushrooms come from there. Oh, could it be the roots from that tree? That Absolutely, are, that aren't doing well yet. Oh, really? Should I cover those roots maybe with extra I, I, soil or if what? They're, if they're dead roots, I would just cut them out. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. They're not, I don't think they're dead. Okay, well then I wouldn't cut them out. Um, yeah, you could just cover them up. Well, then the mushrooms shouldn't really be coming from live roots. It's just oh. more if there's dead roots or some sort of something that was maybe buried in the soil or like a tree at one time that was there that maybe got mm-hmm. removed and there's some old roots stuck in there. Okay. That's what I find typically. Or have you brought in lots of bark mulch lately? Uh, no, I need okay. some. Okay, yeah. Okay, so just pick them out. And yeah, that's the best thing to do. Cause we just went through our wets part too, right? Right. And that activates the spores to create those mushrooms. Right. I wish I could eat them. They look so good. Yeah, check on what kind <laughs> they are and stuff like that. But yeah, it's uh, it's one that you definitely want to make sure you know what you're doing. But they right. say there's lots of great mushrooms that we can eat here. So. Yeah. Well, listen, great show, great <laughs> Thank help. You. I appreciate uh I appreciate you helping me. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Four, three, two, one. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm going to go right to the phone lines. 
And we're going to go to Kim. Good morning, Kim. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good, good. How are you? Awesome. It's a beautiful day out there. Hey, I have a couple questions for you. I'll try to keep it simple. Okay. I have been on a mission to find a what I call a deep, deep purple lilac. Yep. I you find the lavender ones all over. We have a few. We have two or three varieties of the deep, deep purple. Actually, because we just sourced some for a customer, okay. and uh, we got those in stock right now. We have some gorgeous deep purple ones. And what are they? What, what are their family names? What are they called? Um. Oh God, you're gonna ask. Are me they that. the Smiths or the Joneses? Or uh, um, no, they are. Um, just hang on one second. I just got to pull it up. I just had all the names. Um, one's a, one's a William Ludwig. William. Yeah, and that's a good one. Ludwig. And this can be. And I'm one. talking like it's almost black. Yeah, so yeah, deep, deep, yeah. deep purple. Yeah. No, and those have been really, really good. And Ludwig, and there's one other one. That we sourced out. Yeah, need Ludwig and the other ones we got. I don't have it right now, and there's so many names that are going through my head right now. You make your head spin. Okay. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one. Sorry. Okay. But that's if, you, if you do go down, we do. Like I said, we have two or three varieties of uh, the deep, deep purple. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I, I hope and I pray. I mean, I've been looking for, and I'm talking years. I've worked in the garden center for 13 years. I've been looking for 20 years. And I found in the backyard is someone in a mobile home park, but I don't have the gumption to be able to go and say, can I get a cutting off? Obviously, um, flowering shrubs would be like perennials. Worst time to be getting cuttings is when they're in full bloom. So you wait till they're almost either just coming out of the yeah. dormant phase. An- another one is the Jolie. Charles Jolie. Sorry, that's it. I was just looking at my email. Charles Jolie. Jolie. As in Angelina Jolie? Yeah, close <laughs> to that, but J-O-L-Y. Okay. All righty. Well, that gives me a-, a mission to work on. Okay. So that is that... Um, so the best time to, if I were to get a cutting or a sucker, early spring is spring. Okay. When this, when the, when the wood is soft. Okay. I have a couple other comments. Um, the person who is inquiring about the um, lavender, from my gardening experience, I think the only hardy lavender that we can grow here in our zone is what's called a monstead. Lavender, do yeah. you folks stock that? Yes, we do. Okay, so you stock them instead. And the fellow who had the lavender that it once bloomed but wasn't blooming any longer, is that maybe because it's planted a little too deep? Um, tip, of- no, I think a lot of it is it's just like I was saying, they're grown in. Um, almost as a house plant, and they're forced to give those blooms that big, big forcing. Yeah, they're almost pot bound. Yeah, and they are. And then we transplant them. All of a sudden, the roots are just saying, "Oh man, this is awesome! I have all this nice soil. I'm just going to grow leaves and do all that yeah. for a while." Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. And one other question um, regarding a choke cherry. What would used to be a choke cherry tree that now is sending off all these suckers, and it's I've cut out black knots and everything else. How can you eradicate 
this you it's can't. in the middle of a cluster of you can't and- unfortunately it's in there um you need to prune it out and then unfortunately we end up losing some of our schuberts and maydays and things like that to that black knot it's just it's gone kind of crazy here in calgary yep, it's gone, gone wild well yep. i'm i'm north of strathmore so i don't have all the good stuff that you guys harvest in calgary yeah but it, it, again it's a lot in the wild areas because where you have the native choke cherry and that that prunus the black knot has unfortunately spread into a lot of those as well okay yeah well it hasn't touched any of my saskatoon cherries thank goodness yeah okay because th- those are bred to be more disease resistant is that correct some of them have been yes Okay, not all of them. That's what you're saying. And one other question regarding mushrooms. You know, when you go in the dollar store and you get those little ceramic mushroom pits (laughs) that you put into the ground. Well, I have that size mushroom growing in my uh, weeping juniper. And I thought, where where did that come from? So my question, if a person... Is it right in the juniper? Yeah, they're growing out of the juniper. Yeah, so you probably have a hawthorn close by, and it's called cedar apple rust. And and you get a fungus growth on your junipers. Okay. Okay. So you just need to cut that out. If a person wanted to establish growing a mushroom garden underneath spruce trees and whatnot, can that be done in our area? Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, there's guys that are doing it. There's the mushrooms um, factory up there, definitely outside. You can do, there's mushroom, you just have to get the spores. Is that what you're talking about? Absolutely. Okay. And unfortunately, I got to go. I'm I'm out of time here. Um, And everybody else on the line, if you want to hang on, I will go through you and answer you off air if you like. But I do have to go. It's the end of the show, unfortunately. Happy Stampede. And. Yeehaw. All right. Thanks a lot for everybody for listening. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's it for me.